0: Now, let's get started for our session. Let's just jump right into Jai Breadedness Certification, Behavior in Business, Best Practices in Business Etiquette. So it looks like we have a bunch of lively, a lively group here. So this is, you know, when we think about business etiquette, it's really one of those topics that we can spend many hours and days talking about, especially in light of the way that things have continued to progress and evolve pre-COVID and post-COVID, right? And so we're going to cover a lot of conversations that we think will be interesting to you. But this is going to be uh, really uh, a session to be able to engage with us so that we can make sure we're addressing the topics that are really pertinent and top of mind for you all, too. Just making sure this, we're making the most uh, productive um, time here. Okay. Um. How do you professionally say, I'm not staying late to deal with this? Oh,
1: My work day concludes at five, but I will prioritize this first thing tomorrow.
0: Okay, all right. Very good. Oh, I love that a lot. How do you professionally say, stay in your lane? Ooh, (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: thanks for your input. I'll keep that in mind. Oh, (laughs) I like it. But also, like, you know, plausible deniability is Mm -hmm. built into that. You can't really get nailed for that. No.
3: No. Okay. How do you professionally say, that sounds like a you problem? (laughs) (laughs) I understand that falls within your scope of responsibility, but I'm happy to support
0: where it makes sense.
2: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
3: That is such a, like, a diss, and I don't know how to recover.
0: It's so funny because, ironically, I ran across this little uh, clip a couple of weeks ago, right, in light of really having conversations about job etiquette and how we, you know, talk to people in the workplace, how do we frame things that we really want to say, things that we may be thinking but don't really want to say, and so I thought this was just a perfect segue into this conversation. Right, so professionals understand that etiquette in, the, is, in business is a critical factor in making decisions. Success in any industry relies on relationships with coworkers, clients, suppliers, or investors. When you are well mannered and considerate in dealing with others, you create interesting, productive, long lasting relationships. This session really is going to discuss accepted business behavior and its importance to business correspondence. So with that, let's just kind of dive into what is business etiquette, right? So business etiquette refers to the requirements and expectations of social and business behaviors, things that we've adopted and grown into over time, accepted practices that are, may vary between industry and businesses, just depending on where you fall within the work spectrum, right? Right. And so if we dive into why is business etiquette so important, it's really important because you really want to ensure that you're creating a professional environment where you can be the most productive and the most impactful to your business and to your clients. And so it's really a good point to really be intentional about understanding what business etiquette means for you, what it means for your workplace, and what it means for your industry. And so we're going to dive into some of those conversations and some of those topics Sonny, I'm gonna have you speak to some of the reasons that business etiquette is really important and why we should be focused on it.
4: Thank you, Selena. Um, business etiquette is, is, refers to just a set of norms and requirements and expectations of how individuals will act and behave and, and practice uh, in the workplace. Um, it's also, in most companies, we, we all have a code of ethics. Uh, a code of some values that are shaped around the organization and so business etiquette just kind of goes a little bit further and says hey you know I'm going to treat you with mutual respect and you will do the same because you know respect is is given it is you know some people say it's earned but I think when a person shows up you need to respect that individual because even if they don't respect you That doesn't doesn't have anything to do with you. It has only to do with the fact that how you behave is going to show up. Because at the end of the day, you want to leave a conversation and say, hey, I was professional no matter what. If a person was rude, you don't have to be rude. So business etiquette is just building around the fact of being positive and being professional. Thank you, Selena.
0: All right, so we talked about business etiquette, we talked about the importance of business etiquette, and we talked about the significance of the workplace etiquette. Uh, Victor, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that?
1: No, she hit every key point. It's really all about thinking about how you make the other person feel. And it's, it's bigger than even though we talk about etiquette itself, that respect really is about how that person feels when you're talking to them. It really is. You can tell, someone can, can act like they're respecting you, but say things to make you feel disrespected. We've, We've all been that, there. Yeah. Have you ever no. been to a store or something, and they're dissing you when you walk in the door. They look at you up and down, right. and they're like, he shouldn't be in here, or she shouldn't be in here. And sometimes the body language, along with what they say, don't match. And usually, the body language shows. The body language will tell it. So, when you when you are talking to someone else from a bit and, and you want to ensure that you are ex, ex, you are actually showing that business respect, you make sure that your body language matches what you say. And yeah. when you do that, because I've seen it a hundred times, people's body language that gives them away.
0: So to that point, Victor, that kind of kind of segues into our next topic here with regard to effective introductions, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you meet somebody for the first time in business, you really want to make sure that you are making an impact, a very quick impact, on first impression and first meeting someone so that you can kind of build that connection and be able to circle back around it once you are ready to reconnect with the person. Let's talk a little bit about the effective introductions.
1: Yes, um, you know when a lot of times when someone first meets you, you have to realize that they are the first thing that they see is you. They see your face, um, or they see your clothing, and sometimes people judge based on that. Mm -hmm. So you have so depending on where you're going and what you're doing. Remember that people see you before they hear you in some cases. Now, this changed when Zoom came out and when COVID hit because then people could hear you on the phone. And a lot of people just showed one picture of them. You don't even know what they look like. I had a guy work for me for two years i never seen. I don't know what he looks like because he don't know put his video on. And one day I told him, I said, look, man, you got to put your video on. I need to see what I need to know who I'm talking to. I could be talking to somebody else in the family and never know. <laughs> so, you know, you know when you introduce yourself, it's a visual cue and then there's a verbal cue as well. So, when you first start talking about it, think about it as present, past, and future when you're doing your statements, okay? And you start with a present tense statement. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Victor. This is what I'm this is who I am, right? This is what I do for a living. Depending on the type of introduction it is, um, then the next, start is, next part is the past tense statement. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you make points that provide relevant details about your background. Um, things like I've been in IBM for 21 years. I know that I'm, I've been at IBM longer than you've been born, but I've been at IBM 21 years, and I have a computer hardware background, and I use that to, to move into software. And I have a strong engineering background with government. So now that's a past statement, right? And then that third and final statement that I want to give you is the future tense about how our relationship is going to expand from the next part forward. I'm excited to be with you with you in here. And I'm looking forward to spending time with you. And we're going to do great things together. And please stay in contact. Though when you put it in that past, present, and future tense, it makes it really, really easy for someone to feel comfortable, to understand where you're coming from, where you've been, and where you're going. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you do it that way, that introduction sticks with them. And believe me, they will remember you. They'll remember you from the person that says, hey, my name is John, and uh, I don't really do anything, but you know,
0: my name is John. <laughs> you know. I just want to come talk to you. Huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so then leading to the next topic, which I think uh, our panelists here had a time talking about this particular subject <laughs> with regard to any appropriate handshakes and greetings, inappropriate versus appropriate. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit and please share your experience with the team.
4: So I'll start this one. Uh, we, we had a time, we had a good laugh uh, during our dry run when we talk about how the difference between handshakes, between a male and a female, and a male and a ma- and a male. Right. Um, first and foremost, when you are ha- when you meet a person for the first time, there is no another first time. That's why they call it the first, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't get another chance. The first thing we have to do is we have to look them in their eyes, and be confident in ourselves. The second thing is when you. When you meet a, if you're a male and you meet a female, the first thing you want to do is recognize e- immediately that that is a female. I had a gentleman that I was I was at a recruiting event um, at, at here in D.C. actually, and he was he was shaking hands of everybody that was in the booth, and they were all males. Well, when he got to me, he went to shake my hand, and he shook it so hard that he actually fractured a bone in my hand. see y'all looking at me like, but you have to be sensitive to the fact that you are, you are a male and you're shaking a female's hand. I, I don't think, I know for a fact it wasn't intentional. It's, it's just being unaware. And the fact that you're sitting here today to understand what true etiquette and professional business etiquette looks like. Is is a testament to you because you want to know because if Victor and I are looking at each other, mm. come on, play with me, <laughs> <laughs> and our handshake is you know, and Victor's handshake just you know, it was it was firm but it wasn't difficult and hard and like I said, I, I my hand swelled up like this the next day and I had to get it um, x rayed and I had a fractured bone. Ooh. So I say that to say his impression. In my head, <laughs> What's well, not a good one, but it is a lasting one, right? But it's <laughs> it's just not a good one. So you want to you want to make sure that you don't pull a person in. You seen that little meme where somebody says, Whoop. "Yeah." No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to have the bone crushing, or the 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 limp palm, you know, <laughs> like a palm <laughs> pinch, you know, like you really don't want to speak uh, that limp hand. You don't want to. It's just a wrapping around, firm handshake. It means a lot. So when we talk about a, appropriate, that that firm but not bone crushing should last more than no more than three seconds. And and you may even, you know, no, this once. Okay, and we let go. We done. Mm-hmm. And after you release, but the key is you're a smile on your face. That eye contact, standing up straight. Well, you know. It's not going to cut it. Victor's not going to remember who I am. I'm not going to remember who he is. But it's all about good eye contact and good communication through the nonverbal communication that you're giving through the handshake thank you for let's let's just give it up for the improv over here too. We didn't we
0: didn't rehearse that part but they're doing such a wonderful job. So one of the other things I think is this one's kind of stood out to me with regard to kind of remembering names. I just have a tough time just remembering things, period. And it's one of those things where I think Victor's going to talk a little bit about this, but for me one of the things that I realize is that I'm so caught up in trying to remember how what I'm going to tell you and why I'm talking to you in the first place. And you told me your name, and I'll be like, wait, I'm sorry. What did you say your name once again? Because I really was trying to focus on my statement, right? So it's that active listening, right? Victor, tell us a little bit about these uh, points that you have with regard to remembering names.
1: Yeah, one of the key things is you. she just mentioned the most important one. You can't remember what you're not listening to. Uh, so when someone okay. introduces themselves, if you're distracted, make sure that you ask them immediately, I'm sorry, I missed your name, can you repeat that? So you remember that. And it, Because if you don't hear it, you can't remember. I don't care who you are, if you don't hear it, you, don't, you can't remember it. So think about that. The next thing that I always do is I repeat it back to them. You know, they'll say they'll say something like, hello, my name is John. I say, hi, John. My name is Victor. It's a pleasure meeting you. John, what do you do? And I and every time I talk to him, I repeat his name or her mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And, and there are two things it does, and I do it a lot at restaurants, too. Um, I'll look at the, the person that's waiting on me. I'll look at their badge, and I get their name, and I'll use that name throughout the entire time that we're in a restaurant. It makes them feel important. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel like that you that they're important enough to know what you need and that you know that they exist. Because a lot of times, the waiters feel like they don't exist. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true in business. Mm-hmm. When you have someone, especially someone that's at a level, level below you, I always make sure that I, I, I always talk to them by their name, first or last. And I always try to use the correct salutation. Another thing is you got to make sure you don't have another conversation in your head uh-huh. when you we've all been there right we, something just went down and somebody introduced themselves and your mind is on I can't believe this is going down yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're,
2: thinking,
3: you're
1: not even thinking about this person right. now. Now, I got to keep my cool and I got to keep my body language together, but I'm, I'm ready to choke somebody. I got to go, go back. See, that's what happens in your mind, right? right. Okay. You can't let your mind wander like that when you're meeting people. You really have to. This goes back to listening to make sure that you understand what's going on. But you can't have multiple conversations going on up here and you're trying to remember someone's name. It just does not work. If you focus on something specific in their face that's different, Sometimes that helps you remember their name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not always anything. They might remind you of someone else. And you might put those two names together. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you remember their name. Because you know their other name is different. You know Their body language might, might remind you of someone in your family, for example. And you put that together. Or they might look like someone or some person or even something that's different. And you'll, you'll put that with it. But as long as you remember, remember it, you're fine, seriously. And then you they say always connect a new name with a face or image. It could be anything. I mean, you know, but it depends on what works for you. So don't think that one size fits all. <laughs> Use what works for you. We've been doing this our whole life, where we remember names. But people, I don't know if it, if it happens to you the way it happens with me. But people that make that real good first impression, I remember them. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And even if I don't remember their name initially, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember their face. And I'll keep running it through my brain until I get it. And the good thing about Bear, they got badges. So you can look (laughs) there. And even if you don't remember it, you can repeat it by looking down one time. Now, you got to do it on the the download. But you look at people's eyes, look at people's badges, and get it, and come back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, feel free as we're talking through things. Again, we said we we're going to touch on some topics, but if you, if something comes to mind as we're having these conversations, feel free to come up to the mic and ask questions as we're having this dialogue. Okay? So then the next thing, uh, professional and business attire. This is a good one because this is the one where we could spend a whole lot of time talking about this, right? And so I really wanted to, like... Get all these pictures of all these beautiful executives, right? And brown, black and brown executives with their styles and their looks, and really talk about how, you know, have we evolved in the workplace in terms of how we look and how we dress and what that really looks like as a professional? Um, My panelists, do you want to speak to this? Sure,
4: sure. Um, So so let me start with saying, there is a voice in your head. <laughs> Do I have your attention now? <laughs> and, right. that, and that voice, when you're getting dressed and you're getting prepared for something, it speaks to you. And it, sometimes it will scream at you and say, that is not the right outfit. Oh, that happened to me. The other day. I just, you just, I just got it, you. Did. it. happened to me. I had some lips on some.
0: I was like, that, that might it.
4: And so, when the voice of your upbringing uh. and how you were reared says, "Don't wear that," that's how you know first and foremost. But if for some reason you still are a little unsure. Understand that in a business setting, you want to be dressed appropriately. Your blouse, you know, hey, I get it. Okay, can (laughs) I (laughs) cleavage is not appropriate. Men, I this is me. And this is my time. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I, I love our black and brown hair. I love it. But let's just let's make sure that those edges are right oh, there. <laughs>
0: because y'all the don't edges. care how
4: you wear it, right? You can pull it. That's just fine. But let's just cut all this around here and be, be clean. Because what you want people to see is see you for who you are. Uh-huh. Because what they, what they see is just a, a preview. You want to get to the part where they're still listening to you so that they can see what's on the inside of here. And they can take it in. You, you follow me? Uh-huh. So yeah. when we talk about <laughs> attire, if that voice when you leave home is telling you not to do it, then don't do it. It's OK to be who you are. It's OK to walk in the room and be different. I, I'm, I'm different today. I normally wear black. That's my color. But today I said, no, I'm going to do my brown thing today. <laughs> but you don't see me with cleavage. You don't see me with my arms, because it's a professional environment. <laughs> so. When you talk when we look at that, just being professional, you know, I see young men with their with their nice shirt and ties on, with a jacket on, I see the women you're all dressed beautifully, and nothing is wrong with that mm-hmm. and that makes us who we are
0: yeah, no, thank you, Sandy. I appreciate that in that perspective um, and i but I do think that we can. You know, as we talk about that, and I love that general tone and really trying to understand, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, let's just think back. Like, listen to the voice in your head, yeah. right? But then there's those points and in, in, in times when we're preparing for very specific, right, workplace engagements, like interviewing, for an example. That may be, you may take a different approach to what you wear when you're going out for a job interview, mm-hmm versus what you're going to wear in a workplace, right? And so those things bear uh, some additional thought and just really being intentional about what impression you want to make. And I do think you want to make the best impression, like Sonny was mentioning, when you're going out for a job interview. Now, when we talk about the workplace and, you know, some, some jobs have or companies where, have where you're dressing in business casual, that may look very different for some people. And I think it's really being very intentional about understanding your company, understanding the industry that you're in. Because if you're in fashion, you might not be wearing suits. You might be wearing like the little the little getup we saw the lady with the ruffles when she was walking across that stage yesterday. That was very cute, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it really just depends on your industry too. So I think. The one thing that you really have to do is take the time to research and look at point. the audience that you're going to be that's, that you're going to be engaging with in that moment. Are you going to be going in front of clients versus just a work co-worker outing? Right. You really want to take the time to do what's necessary to inform yourself and then act appropriately.
4: Right. Yeah. I like
2: that. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, just one other thing. I'm in shipbuilding, and there's a a lot of individuals that are in this room that are in that work for the same company as I do. And one of the things that we often struggle with is, is shipbuilding is a very um, dirty business, right So when you have individuals who are in our uh, what we call our trades where they are welders, uh, pipe fitters, uh, electricians, you know, the first the first thing you'll get when you're in, in talent acquisition is you'll get a person say, hey, I'm coming in for an interview tomorrow. How should I dress? And that's the most appropriate question that person can ask because if they're on the outside, mm-hmm. they really don't know. Yeah. But if you're an inside employee, you can actually go to the – you can call the hiring manager or you can decide. You can err on the caution of I'm just going to go ahead and put on – a nice jacket, and, and maybe not a tie, but something that is a little bit more professional than what I would typically have on besides some jeans and a t-shirt, right, if I'm working in trades. So that, that goes back to Selena's comment. You need to know and research and ask questions about how, what's the appropriate attire if you have an interview or, or, or something of that nature.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we're going to move on to mentor, champion, and sponsor. I think this is a good one because, um, in fact, I had the privilege of sitting in on a mentor roundtable on yesterday. Oh, yeah, we have questions. I just want—I I wanted to
3: know your take, a little bit on the back on the entire thing, mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like technology is maybe one of the most difficult to gauge what's appropriate mm. industries on the face of the planet. <laughs> Um, Because, I mean, on any given day, I mean, we all work for companies where certain clients, this is absolutely appropriate. Mm -hmm. Other clients, jeans and a t-shirt and a jacket, absolutely appropriate, Mm -hmm. not not disrespecting the client at all. And then internally, we do God knows what. So I mean, although I appreciate what you, I mean, as a general rule, what you're saying I thought was very, you know, right on time. I still think there's still those asterisks all over the place with respect to dress appropriate Ab- technology.
0: No, absolutely, and I think I would agree with that, and even more so post COVID, yes. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I said this conversation could e- we could evolve it, and I really, you know, and I knew that we would have somebody in the audience that would say, "Hey, well, you know, thank you. I think that this is like what we grew up learning." But what about now? How have things evolved to today? And so, which is why I really wanted to make sure it was said that you really need to understand where you are, your place, your customer, your current company, and your work environment, absolutely. Anything to add to that? The only thing
1: I'll add is that, and I'm going to bring this up because we've all seen it and all of us look at each other like I can't believe this dude walking around with his underwear hanging out right now. I'm going to tell you. When we grew up, if your underwear was showing, your pants were not size properly. And it's still true today. So if you're walking around and we see your underwear, that's not appropriate, especially in a business climate. I know that there's some kind of style. I don't know who started it. I don't know if Crisscross started it in the 80s and it came back
4: or what. But it started in prison. That's where it started? That's where it started, in prison. Mm, but, but
1: I just don't understand why people think that it's okay to do that in a business context. And I've seen it in business places. We've all huh. seen it. So just be careful with that. Yes. Yoga pants, too.
0: Mm-hmm. The yoga pants, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 mm-hmm.
3: Dr. Christian, could you just kind of compare this to conversations you hear
4: about people bringing themselves to? work? Mm-hmm. Because there's a big discussion about your mm-hmm. authentic
3: self. Yeah. I know in your sphere you've dealt with some of just mm-hmm. that balance. Could you just address that? Because everybody's talking about, I'm bringing myself to work. but just
4: mm-hmm. Mr. Valentine, thank you so much. Um, you know, when, when we talk about being authentic and, and being able to bring your authentic self to work, there is, and I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, there is nothing wrong with you addressing the way you feel. Because we are all, we are not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. We are all shapes, sizes, and colors, right? So the key is just ensuring that you as the individual are comfortable with what you have on. Because you got to be comfortable in your skin. And once you're comfortable in your skin, then everything that you do after that will be just fine. And and the thing is, you can't be, I can't be you and you can't be me. We're individual individuals. We're individual and we have individuality and we are not cookie cutters. But I do want to say one thing men, when you get a new suit, this right here on the thing, you know that little where it says, it gives the name of the suit. That
1: you should know,
4: Hello, y'all know what I'm talking about. It does not stay on there. Take it off. And when and you have yes, the double bits you, in the back, take those are loose. Take the time to get a pair a razor or some scissors and take the strings off. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, And I'm no. not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to educate you because I see so many men. They think that's a badge of honor. <laughs> and your friends are laughing at you. So I'm just telling you the truth. Take it off. It doesn't belong there anymore. Once you buy it, it's yours. Right. You cut it off.
0: And maybe you didn't realize it. So hopefully exactly. this is just something that you didn't know. Especially because yeah. uh, women, we have the 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 blazers too. Where you gotta take the tack off the back. I saw a young lady earlier and I was like, let me help you, girl. You gotta get this off. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. All right, so we're gonna t- move on into uh, mentor, champion, and sponsor. Victor, you wanna touch on this one?
1: Sure, sure. So, you know, everyone, uh, quite often people think their mentor has all three of these roles. In a lot of cases, they don't. So let's talk a little bit about the separation of those roles. Um, The mentor, usually, is is the one that provides, you know, advice, exposure, and gives some inspiration by just sharing what they went through and what they're doing. And and quite often, um, a good mentor-mentee relationship, the mentee actually usually does a repetitive repetitive type of of engagement with that individual. I know that people I mentor, I try to get them to give me 15 minutes every month that we can talk. Because I know I can fit in 15 minutes, no matter what. And I'll let them schedule it with my assistant. And I'll try to always stick to that 15 minutes. I usually put them in blocks of an hour. That way I can get four of them in. Mm-hmm. And I tell them I got something else coming up. When The champion is someone that actively pushes for you and fights for you. They work within your organization. They're usually above you in the career ladder, but they can, they can be actually peers as well, depending on where they are. And the sponsor is one that, that that really pushes and promotes directly, using their influence and networks to connect you. But sometimes you don't know that who your sponsor is. Occasionally, they're sitting at a level high mm-hmm. above you, mm-hmm. and they're, work, they're in conversations that you don't even know exist. Uh-huh. And that's when it's really important that you do the right thing to ensure that those people remember you when they do meet you. Because those sponsors tell people about you, and other people that they tell, sometimes they become sponsors as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they hear something bad, sometimes that can distract from that level of sponsorship. Does it make sense?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and one, that's the-
4: one thing I would say to that point, uh, Victor, v- very well said. The only thing I will add is just understand that conversations are happening every single day mm-hmm. that you don't even know about, that you're not privy to because they, are, as Victor stated, are at a higher level. So always remember that. And you control your own narrative by doing these things that we're talking about from an etiquette standpoint, performing at a high level. You control that.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. And I think we touched on these things too as part of mm-hmm. uh, building meaningful and impactful relationships. Mm-hmm. Anything more to add to that? I know we're, we're, we're winding down here and I want to save some time for the audience to ask some final questions that they may have at the top of mind and uh, we can conclude here.
1: Okay. The only thing I would say period is remember that, remember how you feel when you know put put look at it from the opposite perspective and think about what you say and how it makes that person feel and if you do that in a lot of cases you will always have impact on the relationship that'll be positive if you don't sometimes you can say things that are not intentionally condescending but come off as such from that person at that level that they are so quite often i always try to put myself in the other person's shoes before I actually speak, to ensure that I don't say anything that's inadvertently, um, inadvertently negative. You know, it's not always it's not always intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, great. And then the one thing we did want to touch on a little bit because some of us have this level of exposure to at the international level. So speaking really quick on the international etiquette, I really, it's, it's going to be one of those things like we've encouraged before to really do your research and homework before having these types of encounters so you really know what the appropriate thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Even how to address people. Yeah. You know, in, in, in some countries, you add other things to their name at the end, like uh, you know, it makes a difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Attire makes a difference, no matter, you know, just, again, just research where you're going to and what the customs are. Because when in Rome, you operate in Rome. So, and if you're going somewhere internationally, it's, uh, you want to respect their culture and their customs.
0: Absolutely, because the thing about that is everything that we're talking about now that's appropriate here may not be necessarily appropriate. It could be actually quite the opposite, offensive. Mm -hmm. And that's not something you ever want to do. So we really want to uh, encourage you to to research that and make sure you inform yourself. Um, As we are waiting for questions to come from the audience, I'm going to ask you all a couple of questions that I think uh, would be helpful to to touch on. Um, So when we think about, and we're talking about etiquette and things like that, what are some examples, I would say, of what are some examples of unsafe and safe compliments to make in the workplace? Because I think that's one of those things. Uh-oh, we got a little people stirring around <laughs> right in the you room. There's HR in the house. <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> little,
1: yeah.
0: Shh. no, yeah, but those are some of the things that I think is important to have the conversation yeah. because it's it's a tough and tricky subject to broach, and you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing when you're in the workplace, interacting with people.
1: Yeah, sometimes people, sometimes, um, like I said before, you have to look at how it's being, whatever you say is being perceived by that person that you're speaking to. So if you say that someone looks nice every single day, that could be taken as a negative mm-hmm. approach
0: mm-hmm. yep or harassment
1: or harassment. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you have to make sure that if you know if you're gonna give that compliment, you make sure it's in an appropriate session with that individual and make sure that you do it in an appropriate way because I remember my mom used to say it's not what you said, but it's how you said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, all of us have heard that before. And sometimes it's not exactly what the words are, but it's the insinuation around the tone around the words that change.
0: hmm And I think if you don't know the person in that way, and maybe just on a strictly business uh, level, you may want to just err on the side of caution and stay away from right. making physical compliments, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just not do that, right? Let's focus on their great efforts. Let's compliment them on their accomplishments mm-hmm. and the good work that they're doing on the job. Right.
1: In fact, that's usually the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. We have one question here. Yeah. Um, when you when you mentioned that, it just made me think about a coworker that I have um, who is always giving me compliments about my professionalism and mm-hmm. you know, how well I'm doing my work. But he uses the word articulate all the time. Sorry. Right, okay.
4: How do you handle things like that other folks are telling That's a good one. That is a good one. I like your shirt, Keep Calm. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, it, does, it does give off the, the scent of you're not supposed to be articulate. Mm, mm. Unfortunately. But one thing that, you know, me, this is me being me. Um, <laughs> I would, at some point, if you've been around this person, just for curiosity, because obviously it's, it's bothering you, right? It kind of is sticking with you. So I would just ask the question. You know, it's, it appears that each time we have a conversation, you, tend, you always mention that I'm articulate. Uh, what does that mean to you? And, and just get an understanding, sometimes a simple understanding of something, uh, and they may not they may not mean it they, in, a, in a derogatory way. It may just be their way of giving you that compliment, and they just they're just so mesmerized by the fact that you can, you can speak the king's English. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just want to help them out and understand. You know, what's going on in their head and what articulate really means to them. Does that help? Mm-hmm. I would just ask the question.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. No, thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, question.
2: So, Mr. Brown, to your point about dressing, yes, would you consider it appropriate for someone in the position of a software or hardware engineer to come to work and say jeans and a t shirt? Absolutely.
1: I don't have a problem with that. As long as there's nothing offensive on the t shirt. And the jeans don't have holes in inappropriate places. Um, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> you no, know, I don't want to see nobody underwear. If you ain't figured that out yet, I don't want to see anybody. If, if I see, if you got a hole in your pants and I see your underwear, we got a problem. To me, that's not appropriate. It really isn't because yeah. because it's just not. It's not what you want to see in an, in a software designed workplace. It might even make you lose your train of thought, and then you write, 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 write the code over again. So you, you, you don't want that. So what you want to do is you want to ensure that everyone around you feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the best way to do that is to ensure that, that, that your jeans fit properly and that you, you look good. But absolutely, that's appropriate. I wear I wear a polo shirt quite often, even under suit coat. Um And and I do that because developers don't don't respect you if you walk in there with a certain town. You know that they don't, they don't respect you. Even though I can write code with the best of them, they don't. They look at me as a VP, so I don't know anything. Like I lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> I can still write code. I'm gonna tell you
0: that. <laughs> okay, we got two questions. All right, is it a follow on to him or?
3: Yeah, it was
0: a to what he was just okay, let me get hers first, and then we can come. Okay, go ahead.
1: So you say that, so when we think about uh, wearing the attire that we're trying to, to the uh, level we're trying to achieve, Mm. but also being a part of your peers, Mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Like, how do you dress for the part that you want, but also be a part of the peers so you don't uh, be seen as different? Yeah, well, you can alternate your dressing. From time to time, or you can dress up something that's dressed down. Especially now, mm-hmm. now yeah. you can wear jeans and have a sport coat in the closet, and then when you do a networking function, throw that sport coat on with your T-shirt, and it looks fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. with tennis shoes, looks fine. So just don't—you don't have to go one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. Mix it. Nowadays, you can get away with that. Back in the day, we couldn't, but now. Yeah, can I do think that. it's
0: more acceptable. Definitely. Yeah. It really is. yeah. Mm-hmm
4: young lady.
0: Yeah. Um, with many other inclusivity factors in the industry promoting diversity of mm. all branches from gender, sexuality, age, ability, etc. How do you properly ask for their preferences when addressing them and contacting them such as
4: pronouns? That's a good one. <laughs> it's a real good one. It is. And you did say such as pronouns. Mm-hmm. So for me it's just treating individuals the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And 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 your and to me, your perception of what's right will come. You know, you don't have to force anything. It's it's all about, you know, when you're having a conversation, people will tell you how they feel. They will tell you how they want to be addressed, but you have to get past the the greeting. It's, you know, hello, how you doing? My name is such and such, like Victor said earlier. And then you can get to the part that says how they want to be addressed. You can, you can get comfortable enough and ask those questions. Does that help? Yes.
2: Because yeah, think- you have an
4: amazing question. And I yeah, see, yeah, I see really Margaret good. back there. And she is, she is uh, an expert on this, trust me. She's, you want to answer that, Margaret? If
2: it's something that's important, you
4: know, as far as being correct, I would say, hi, my name
2: is Margaret, and uh, I go by she, her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Initiate uh, that. I initiate that. Because that way, if there's somebody, especially if they're transgender or use different pronouns, I've told them that I'm open to that mm-hmm. and that they're free to share it. Mm-hmm. So it's in my signature block. Mm-hmm. It's in everything that I send out, my, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I would introduce mm-hmm. myself that way and then that other person now feels free. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, hi, I'm Margaret. I'm gonna go by her. How about you? I'm Walter. Yes. I'm good with Walter. <laughs> 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 you, don't wanna, you don't ever want to have someone out themselves if they don't like Hmm. Right? So you always want to say, you know, to stick to the name. If you don't feel comfortable, using still the name. Um, but you can say that that's who you are. And if they feel comfortable, they'll, they'll reply back. And if they don't, then you stick
0: with Walter, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But now you've made a safe place. Is that good? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a key point thank there you. is, um, thank you for asking that, but for creating that safe space, because I think we run across some of those things sometimes when we're dealing with other cultures as well. Sure. And so I, you know, my approach is just to make sure that the person that I'm working with knows that I'm open and please come to me to talk to me if I ever offend you and educate me because I'm always learning. So I feel like if the person kind of knows that about you, then perhaps you create an opening for them to come and have that productive dialogue with you. Yes, Tristan. Uh, yes, I would love to just extend that and say that uh, just uh, as important as it is to uh, be open and uh, be expressive about how we identify individually, I would encourage everybody to actually pay attention to other people and how they identify So, your slack,
2: mm-hmm. headings, mm-hmm.
0: email closings, LinkedIn profile. Nowadays, people are declaring mm-hmm. how they choose mm-hmm. to identify. So, I actually believe it's important for us to pay attention to yeah. them because they may have already signaled what their preference is. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good, that's a good very good point. Good point, yes. Jason. So,
3: slightly different than what we were going before, but how do you deal with uh, familiarity? So, okay oftentimes, many of us uh, that are working in, and, and those that will be working, um, work for, probably we work for firms that are not, that are predominantly white or, uh-huh. or other, not, not black. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, I mean, you you may, you know, there may be a community, uh, you know, a black community where, you know, if groups or, or whatever, where we, we get together and we, we see each sort other of things like that. How do you, when you're, When you work with someone else who is, you know, brown or black, and you're not peers, and there's a familiarity of like, okay, there's another black person, and sometimes you'll get excited, but then you realize they're not your peer, they are, they may be your manager or, you know, your second line or something like that. How do you keep your boundaries where you're being professional, but you're still, you know, you're not acting like, familiarity of it. we are
4: one we here together
3: single digits, double you digits in a thousand <laughs> you know, person firm. Complex question, but I think you know where I'm going.
0: No, that's a really good one, Jason. And, and I'm, I'm responding like I'm going to provide you some insight, but I really think that's a... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a really good one because I think it's one of those things that maybe we all really don't think about when we're in that situation, and we perhaps we should be
4: um so I just say this and i and i'll i let i know that victor has some some nuggets he's going to give you, but i I'll just say and, and i'm I'm with you on this i I was in an organization where I was the only african American and I was the only female so you 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 follow me there right mm. and so I went to a meeting out of town tra went to travel went on travel. And the first thing I saw was an African-American male across the room. And I said, wow. You know, and, and I kind of felt that connection real quick, right, because mm-hmm. I hadn't been seeing that, right? So, But I quickly understood that we were not the same. Mm-hmm. But when I went over and I introduced myself to him, and told him who I was and what I did, who I worked what what part of the division I worked for, he immediately came around and and really it really aided me in that particular two day meeting because he he would come by and say, "You got this sis." so and he would say, "Hey, don't don't sweat the small stuff because sometimes people are, are in the room and they make you feel smaller mm-hmm. than you than you should than they should they should never make you feel that way but he would come by and say hey you got it i'm not going to sit by you i'm going to sit across from you cuz i want i want you to know that you have someone on your team and same for him i was you know cheering him on as well so just getting just introducing yourself and getting to know that individual very briefly and just letting them know that you're there for them and, and they're the same does that make sense Mm-hmm. you got it a hundred percent.
1: I mean, that's the whole key. Thank you. That so, made it easy.
0: Sandhya, I do want to kind of take some of that and bring up the topic around, because I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit in your response, is um, how do we handle imposter syndrome and what that means for when we're in these rooms and having these conversations in spaces that we belong, but maybe we don't feel like we really do belong.
4: I'm going to put a little shameless plug in. Um, (laughs) It's shameless. Um, The next session is going to deal with that. Um, That very thing of of, of belonging. But I will say this. You're in the room for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And never think that you don't belong. And, And understand, if you don't hear anything else I say to you, you can forget everything else that I've said to you. I didn't say them, just me. Um, You were created for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And your gift will make room for you. So always remember that, that the gift that was the gifts that were Mm. given to you, they make room for you. Just walk in it.
0: Walk in it,
2: yeah.
4: Because when you were born, mm-hmm. you were born with gifts on top of gifts. The only person that can stifle you is you. Yeah. Because you are talking to yourself, I don't belong here. They they know so much more than I do. And how many questions deep is this person going to really go in this meeting? That's a part of that imposter syndrome. That's that negative talk. That's that talk that, hey, i I, they're better than me. The school they went to was better than me. It was larger than me. They, t- they took the same class as you did.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: They cheated on some tests just like <laughs> you did. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so let's keep it real. Mm. You're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. So walk in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Walk
0: in your gifts. Amen. <laughs> well said, Amen. You do you want to follow, follow? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I if you want follow, to, but... Uh... I can't that.
1: <laughs> Dr. Christian hit the nail on All of us, look, the, the reality is that we're in the room because we achieved yes. and did what was necessary to get there. No one gave it to you.
4: That's it. So,
1: I mean, there are... Sometimes people do feel like I'm, you know, I'm very concerned. This guy's a Harvard grad or whatever. I had those people on my team. I went to Norfolk State. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) I see Right? Mm -hmm. We all are equals when we're working together. And my teams will always tell you, always treat them with the same amount of respect that I expect to be treated Mm -hmm. with. And we have always done really good things, regardless of color or, or, or sexual orientation. We've always done unique things because of that because they feel like they can come and talk and it's a safe zone.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Like that. Thank, you. Mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. Any other questions from the audience? Yeah, I have a question. I came in on the business attire
3: and professional discussion. Can y'all walk us through, after you get hired, if you've been in the company comfortable, talk about the business and how important it is to continue to keep that professionalism, the business tire, not only in work, but at company functions. Also. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. so so I'm just gonna say this, Walter, and it's good to see you again. Um, for me, if I'm briefing the president of the company and I know that, that I look at my schedule every morning and I know I'm briefing the President of the company, even if she 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 cancels the meeting i'm going to, i'm I'm going to wear something business casual. They kind of have a jacket on because I know that if I don't, there's going to be a perception that, hmm, what's wrong with Sandia?" And you want to keep that. You've got the job, Mm -hmm. but you want to keep people in that professional realm where they treat you as a professional. And I hope that they kind of answers some of your question, Walter, because it, it, that's so important that you know, I, like Victor said, he, you know, you can keep a jacket in your in your in your desk or in your closet. I keep five pair of shoes, whether they brown, black, or, or navy, because I I never know when a schedule might change, and that way you you're being prepared for whatever comes at you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You also don't know when you're going to have a wardrobe
3: malfunction.
4: (laughs) So
1: (laughs) (laughs) we've all been there, right? You know, you put on this coat that's been sitting in that closet for a while, it don't fit anymore. Or it rips or something like that. It's always good to have extra. Seriously, it's always good to have at least one extra pair of shoes and possibly pants Mm -hmm. um, around. I'm not that really, I don't care that much about jackets, but, you know, just in case something goes wrong, you can have them in the car.
0: Thank you, thank you. Here's a question. I think we have a couple of people in the audience that, that may want to know the answer to this. So a person gets invited to a business dinner or lunch. Is it proper to order whatever he or she desires? And who pays? So if someone gets invited to lunch or dinner... A business lunch or dinner. Is it proper to order whatever you want? And who is supposed to pay for that?
1: You said business,
0: though. It's a business. It's professional <laughs> business lunch. And can you order alcohol? And can you, and, That's That's and can you order alcohol?
1: That's, that really, some of that depends on, there are some corporate actual rules on some of that. Mm. If it's a true business luncheon, mm-hmm, and if you're mm-hmm. dealing with federal customers, those rules get those rules change even right. more. Yes. So I'm trying not to get into that part of it, but
0: so let's okay. say that it's not a customer because okay. there's some guidance that mm-hmm. probably a whole other layer of guidance mm-hmm. that needs to be, you know, governed under the customer part of that conversation. But, but yeah. Even if
1: it's not a customer, mm-hmm. usually if it's a business business luncheon, if all of you are on travel. Right, a lot, a lot of cases, it depends on if it's going to be business really talk there or if it's going to be just business people getting together. They're two different things. If it's a business luncheon, in most cases, the senior person pays for the luncheon. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: usually what happens. The, real, the etiquette outside of business is the person that invites everybody to the, mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. meal Usually pays for it, but we all know that we say, "Hey, we having this luncheon. Is bring your own wallet. <laughs> you can <laughs> hang with us. We going It's gonna be six of us at the table, but prepare to pay for your own meal. So if you order steak and lobster, it's on you.
2: Uh-huh. You know, there's nothing wrong
1: with that. It really isn't. But it is. Um, it's one of those things that that that's a very, very, very good question. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's the senior person that mm-hmm. pays for the business luncheon, if it's truly business being conducted there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think as far as ordering the food, I think you want to be conscientious mm-hmm. about what you're ordering, exactly. right? You're yeah. not going to order. Yeah. I mean, even if you're talking about shellfish or fish, you want to order also food that's conducive to probably having a conversation, where you're mm-hmm. not trying to peel stuff and flick stuff, and right, right all that. So you right, want to be right, conscientious right. about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then did we talk about the alcohol question? Oh look, she's oh, still waiting. Oh, we didn't waiting. say that. I, I, she,
1: <laughs> usually you got to pay for your own alcohol. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, Seriously. appropriate
4: having while at those types.
1: Sometimes they are. If it's yeah. if it's an event and alcohol is being served, that that's appropriate in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, getting drunk is not appropriate.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so always make sure that you 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 know where your boundaries are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't want it ever be perceived as the individual to get drunk at every event (laughs) that's free alcohol. Uh And we've all seen that.
4: Yeah, true that. And I
1: saw some people walking down the street the other day that were totally out of it. I could tell that one girl was holding the other girl up. (laughs) And I was like, "Geez, I can't believe they drank that much this early. It was (laughs) 6 (laughs) o'clock.
4: But, but you know, Okay, thank you. Okay. Did you have something to add to that now? I'll just say, and I'm going to let you, I, I'll just say this. If you don't know the individual, it's your first time meeting them, even if they order alcohol, I would not. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: if, if that's a relationship that you guys have 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 met and you know each other and you, you're cordial and you both know that both of you might have a glass of wine, that's fine. But that first meeting, that initial meeting, I would not, even mm-hmm. if they ordered alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I want to so,
2: say thank you for sharing your That really meant a lot. I wanted to ask, what are some tips on succeeding as a woman in male-dominated roles? Wow. How do you set the tone when you're loved, when you're around and you just have much more experience than you? Like, how do you set the
4: tone? Awesome question. Um, just for me, people don't know what I what I go through prior to presenting and and being in a room. But being confident in yourself, no matter who you are, you know it it helps that I'm five foot ten and I'm over 200 pounds uh, when I walk in a room. It does help, trust me. But it also helps because. I know when I walk in a room, I know me. And I know what I bring to the table. And that's what I want you to know, that your statue and you belong in the room. And you know everything that you need to know. And never discount yourself as an individual and as a professional, because you belong there. Thank Absolutely.
0: you. Absolutely. Now, And I'll just add a little bit on to that is on, on your skill own what you bring own what you bring to the table because what I've what I've found in some experiences that and I know we're talking about in a, you know as a woman uh, advice in a male dominated space but a lot of times men are they're proud to own what they know and what they don't know yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True.
0: and so you should never minimize what you bring to the table and make sure that you you own it, and you believe in it, and understand that, you know, you should be advocating for yourself in that space. Because guess what, they they gonna advocate for your own skills, and they say they right. So you we have to be we have to have that voice and make sure that you you own it every time, every time you're in the space, and don't ever kind of back down.
4: Yeah. And I will say, women learn to support each other. You don't have to be the only one in the room.
2: Thank you.
0: Very good. Um, With that, I think we are going to conclude our session. We're right at the end. This has been a great conversation. Thank you all for having me as your moderator. Thank you to our panel for such a wonderful conversation. Thank you. We enjoyed talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you in another seminar. Have a great day.